family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security. We are excited again to be with you today on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting, as usual, live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage. You heard a little clip on them. John is still looking for some, some master mechanics. Uh, if you want an honest person to work for and work in a family, go talk to John. He is looking for people that want to go to work and are good mechanics. On every show, we feature businesses, organizations, and people in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch on that and other related aspects of security through the course of our shows. Of course, once again, as everybody knows, this is coming up on an election, and a very important election, as they always say, but this one really is a very important election. Uh, everybody knows where we're at with the economy, with the border, with all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what we do in the state level is sometimes just as not important, if not more important, than what we do at the national level. So I am very pleased to have today Mr. Scott Hilton. He is running for candidate for the Georgia State House in District 48. Thank yep. you for coming on, Scott. Yes, sir, Rick. Uh, good morning. It's great to be here uh, with you, and thank you for uh, having me. Hey, I, I love giving people the platform to get their message out, and, and this particular go-around, it's really important. And for those that don't know, Scott's uh, district includes portions of Peachtree Corners, Johns Creek, Alpharetta, and Roswell. So he's kind of long line there up down so it's a great district uh really the core of north atlanta there some great cities uh great places to live work and play and uh i personally live in gwinnett county so this is my home and and love representing the people of, of both gwinnett and fulton county well i went to high school in roswell way 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 back when and uh you know it, it's just been a great place yeah. uh i've yeah. lived in gwinnett county now for probably 33 years 34 years yeah. so maybe longer than that but um you know i love the county i love what we got going on i guess the best way to start because a lot of people do know you but there's a lot of people that don't who is scott hilton (laughs) that's a great question that's a deep question rick i appreciate that that is i like that uh at the end of the day i'm a follower of christ a husband a father and a public servant uh really defines who i am uh public service is is a passion of mine something i am absolutely love uh scott hilton is someone who 
uh, loves to serve and loves to kind of make our community better for future generations, looking ahead, knowing that the work uh, we do today, we may not see the results of uh, for years to come, uh, but that, that brings some joy, knowing that uh, my kids and their generation will be better off because of the work we're doing today. And, and like you said to start, there is so much uh, that we need to do to help both folks with the economy, public safety, and most importantly, education. Uh, yeah, education is a really biggie. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what your qualifications are to be in the Georgia House. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually had the opportunity to serve in the Georgia House before. So I, I think that's yep. a big qualification to be able to go back a second time. 2017 uh, through 2019. That's right. That's right. It makes me a lot more dangerous. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it really helps not being a freshman a second time to go in and be fairly effective, too. So. I had the opportunity. I grew up actually in Kansas, of all places. Uh, went to school. We're at, not in Kansas. We're anymore. not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> uh, went to school at Georgetown. Uh, met my wife there. We moved to Philadelphia. Uh, she did law school there. I worked at the Philadelphia Inquirer and uh, came down to Georgia in 2005. So did my MBA at Emory. Uh, majored in, in capital markets and finance, and quickly got into banking after that. So, you know, we talk when we talk about the economy and everything that's going on right now. You know, I can't imagine anyone better with a background in finance to, to have that discussion with people and try to figure out what needs to be done. Uh, had a banking career for 15 years, served in the General Assembly, 17 to 19, and then um, had an opportunity to go and work for Governor Kemp and uh, ran the Georgians First Commission for him. Georgians First Commission was focused on cutting red tape in state government for the benefit of small business. And I'll tell you, the last kind of six months I was there, we, we ultimately became a small business triage unit for COVID, letting folks know uh, where resources are, what could be done, you know, how to keep their businesses open and alive and thriving. And, uh, you know, I applaud both the governor and, and the General Assembly for really balancing lives and livelihoods during COVID. And, you know, our, our state is flourishing now because of the right choices we made during that difficult time. So well, I can tell you as a small business, I'm glad that we had that so it, it's made a big difference on where we go. I know you do a lot of uh, volunteer work and and community work, too. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I really think you know, even outside of politics, you have to be dedicated to community, be out, be out there uh, getting things done. And so that was me. Even when I wasn't in an office, uh, I've served in a number of volunteer capacities uh, from president of our HOA, one of the hardest political jobs I've ever Wouldn't had. have it. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, president of our Peachtree Corner Civic Association, and then most recently president of our uh, Fowler YMCA down there in Peachtree Corners, mm -hmm. and led that board uh, through COVID, which again was a very difficult time uh, for a lot of businesses, but but gyms in particular. And uh, glad to see our YMCA come out uh, the back end doing doing very well at this time. Well, we have a lot of that going on with the uh, getting getting past the COVID now and getting through this and getting back to to normal, whatever normal is. I don't. I'm not a buyer of new normal. I think normal is normal. Yeah. And it's getting back to where we were. Well, I know there's a lot of issues going on. Uh, you mentioned some of them with education being one. What are the most important to you and what you feel are the most important to your constituents? Yeah, so, Rick, I've had the opportunity to knock on thousands of doors uh, and talk to literally, you know, thousands of people. And the top three issues are crystal clear. You know, every time I'm talking to folks, it, number one, it's the economy. Everyone is struggling with inflation. Real wages are down. And I'll tell you, we've sent out a number of uh, mailers, 
But the best mailer I think I could ever send out is your bank statement. Because uh, people Boy, are that's getting, a fact. <laughs> people are getting that now. And all that red in your bank statement, it just has folks unhappy. And, and they want to change. And it's time for a change. We need new leadership with common sense to come in there and to say, no more spending. Let's cut it off. Let's give people relief, especially at a state level. Uh, there's a lot we can do to help folks out. So it's the economy. It's public safety. You know, uh, I live in Peachtree Corners. On a Sunday afternoon, broad daylight, we had a shooting at our local uh, Quick Trip. Uh, young young man lost his life. Uh, Very familiar with it. Yeah, absolutely unacceptable. Should not be happening. Uh, from criminals coming up from, from Atlanta out to Gwinnett and Fulton County. And then finally, education. That's where uh, the state spends over half its budget. Uh, we have got to get education right. There's a huge achievement gap that's been created because of COVID and COVID policies. And we've got to help parents, teachers, and students close that gap, but also return more of the power to the parent in their child's education. And I'm big on giving ki uh, both kids and parents more choice in their education. Well, I can tell you right now that's a big issue. I stay uh, very much in, I try to read a lot about what's going on with the Gwinnett County. My, my kids are well gone out of that, but I've got grandkids within the system. And, you know, it's important that we get back to – I think parents got a rude awakening uh, with the co with the uh, COVID pandemic and all because all of a sudden they're really paying more attention and they're seeing what their kids now are bringing home, and some of it is just unbelievable. And there doesn't seem to be any cooperation out of the people in charge. Uh, they seem to be more wanting power and control then they want the parents involved and just it's, it's gotten completely off out of kilter and it really has and frankly that's why i stepped off the side a lot of people ask me scott why in the world did you decide to jump back in this and and i saw our current representative vote against common sense legislation like a parental bill of rights exactly. you know allowing you the parent to have a say in your child's curriculum that that makes absolutely no sense <laughs> I know. and and you know we've gone in gwinnett county down so far from where we were yes and there's really no reason for it other than just the focus is not there like it was yeah it's politics and and yes. it hurts and, and and you know what i tell people and i spoke to a gentleman last night uh we got to remove politics from education kids don't care you know there's no you know republican we got to take it out uh, on both sides I mean, it's become too politicized and, and frankly it's hurting uh our children and their results and and so we've got to get back to just common sense teach them you know, uh, the basic facts in history, you know. Well, you also mentioned uh, public safety. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your thoughts on where we're at there and where we can go? Uh, you know, again, the uh, you talked earlier about the legislature, and, and we tend to focus on D.C., and, and but really it's the politics that are closer to you and your home that impact you more on a daily basis, and we're seeing that, you know. And again, being on the sidelines, looking at my representation, there was a lot of no votes against penalties, strengthening penalties for felonies and criminals. And, and we've got to strengthen the, the legislative code there. There have to be uh, repercussions and consequences. Yeah, well, and, and you step back and you ask, who are we going to put first? You know, are we going to put you, the homeowner, the, the, the voter, the Gwinnishian, you know? The victim. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so that's my commitment. That's my priority is putting the victim, putting our homeowners, our renters, putting our community first ahead of felons and criminals. 
Well, with coming from a background in law enforcement and being in the field of security, private security now for so long, I stay in touch a lot with our local law enforcement. And right now they're hurting. They're having trouble getting people. And 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 it all boils down to one thing. It's not the money. The problem getting public safety and stuff is the fact that they don't get the support that they used to get. And it's like I tell a lot of people when I was doing policing, you know, you got to watch the bad guy because, you know, they, they're after your, you know, your back. And now it's both the good guys and the bad guys oh, yeah. are out to get you. Well, I, you know, the men and women in our first responders, our police, I, I mean, we owe them a continued debt of gratitude for what they do, putting their life on the line every single day. And uh, it has just been so difficult over the last two, four, six years to see them uh, just get demonized and, yeah. uh, you know, put down for, for what they do. Uh, and, and I'm incredibly grateful for them. And I think we do need to create a culture that y'all are important. We believe in you. We've got your back. We are behind you 100%. Uh, cause you're right. It's going to be continuing to be hard to attract people into that industry. Uh, unless you support them for the job that they're doing, they're not going to do that job. And that's, that's exactly. a job that it takes a special type of personality, a special and I don't say it sounds ridiculous since I was there, but a special type of person to do that. Yeah, it really uh, does. I mean, it really does. I've been shot at. I've been everything else, and the normal person doesn't get shot at. Yeah. But you, you know, I loved what I did. Yeah. For twenty five years. Yeah. And these guys, you got to love it or you don't go into it. But it's real easy to come down uh, and not love it real quick uh, if you don't get your support. That's right. And so we've got to have their back. We've got to know that, know that they're valued, they're cherished, uh, and it's an important job for what they do in, in our community. Uh, and so we need leadership that's really going to step up and say, we've got you. Absolutely. Well, as a state representative, you know, how can you help individuals and really businesses navigate this challenging economy? Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's a challenge out there. Folks are really struggling. And, and we think it's tough now. But, and I know the other side wants to redefine what a recession is, but we are barreling toward one very quickly. And a lot of people, oh yeah, we are in it. And um, a lot of folks are going to start to hurt. We're we're intentionally, the Fed is raising rates uh, to drive us into a a recession or further into one. Yep. And so at a state level right now, because of our good leadership, good conservative, fiscal conservative leadership, we are sitting on $6 billion extra in our rainy day fund. And... Uh, I think the clearest distinction right now between the two parties is how you handle that money. Uh, as a conservative, I believe the government shouldn't be in the business of making money. Exactly. And we ought to return that money back to you, allowing you and your family uh, to deal with uh, higher inflation costs. Um, at the same time, you know, I know here in Gwinnett, I got my tax bill. It almost, you know, doubled. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, I haven't seen any a dollar of that from the value of my house, you know, but yet I'm paying... So we've got to do something in terms of property tax relief. There are people hurting and even having to move because uh, they can no longer afford the property tax. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, we did the same thing. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely crazy. Just keeping an eye on where things are going right now. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, we, of course, we've had COVID, and as a result of it, we've seen one of the things we've really seen an increase in 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 children as well as adults. You now they are health issues, mental health issues. Yeah. And they've been on the rise. And then you have an achievement gap in the schools because of the way they had to close down the schools 
and then they didn't want to reopen them. And then finally, thank God here in Georgia, we got everything going again. And then you still got the people that just want to play with these stupid masks. But what is your plan really for the education? How do you plan on directing your attention to that problem? Yeah, let me touch on the mask thing briefly. I I think every parent ought to have a choice as to whether we have a child with special needs. And it was absolutely heartbreaking to see him and his fellow classmates, those who needed speech therapy for two years have to go in and try to do speech with a mask over their face. That is absolutely unacceptable. And we're suffering the consequences of it now. So uh, at a statewide level, we've seen third grade reading reading proficiency drop from 72% to 61%. I highlight that number because third grade reading proficiency is a key statistic to figure out. It's the transitional stage. It is. It is. And, And they actually build jails based on that number. Because that translates into, is someone, is that great kind of a prison to pipeline, you know? Uh, and so we've got to get that number up. We've seen it drop here in Gwinnett. And so for me, a couple things on education. Number one, I hear a lot from teachers. You know, Scott, I appreciate the extra pay from uh, Governor Kemp and conservative leaders. But can you help me get bureaucracy out of my classroom? Absolutely. Let me do what I do best, which is teach. And we've got to get back to that. Uh, teachers are under so much pressure right now. We've got to let them do what they do best. On the parent side, again, I I mentioned choice. We have got to give you, the taxpayer, more of your money back to decide how you want to educate your child, Uh, whether that's in a charter school environment, you know, public school traditional environment, maybe even an online or a home setting, maybe with different technology. Uh, We've got to be innovative and give the parents more flexibility uh, over their child's education. I am all in for uh, school choice. Yeah. I mean, and the money should follow the the parent. Uh, if you're going to sit there and claim the money, you need to make the pro- you need to produce the effects. Yeah. And if you are not that focused on production and doing your job and teaching these kids, then the money goes somebody it is. Yeah. And that gives them more of an incentive to up their game. Well, the current model is broken, right? We, no, we treat absolutely. kids like they're a widget in a factory, all one and the same, and we just put them on a conveyor belt and send them on through. Uh, we've got to change that model because not every kid is a widget. Not every kid is made the same way. All of them are different and unique in their own way. So, And they all think different. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, they all learn different. Uh, I have a grandson that is autistic. Mm. You know, he, he learns differently. Yep. Uh, we, he's been primarily in a home school because we tried the public. And they just, they couldn't handle it. They, yeah. they preach a lot about being able to handle it, but they couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this year or next year, he's going to move into more of a That's great. public or a private. I don't know which. I've got a couple of grandkids go to GAC. Yeah. And that's awesome, awesome school. It really is. Uh, it's expensive as hell, but it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's well worth it, I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about crime because Atlanta right now has more violent crime per capita than Chicago. And that's saying a hell of a lot because Chicago has just gone crazy. Uh, We don't really see it as much as being locally out here as as what there is. So we don't think of it in terms because Chicago is all over the news all the time. But, you know... Crime per capita being that way, what is your plan to really address the public safety? Oh, yeah. 
Well, and isn't that a sad statistic? I, I never thought we'd ever see that. I mean, that's Me wild. That we've just thank Chicago. God we're not with New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more violent crime per capita in, in Atlanta. Um, you know, at a state legislature level, right, we, we legislate for the entire state. And, and, and I'm big on local control. I, I think the local folks know at a community level what's going on mm-hmm. best. But local control works until the locals are out of control. And, and, yeah. and we're starting to see that and some communities across Georgia where the locals, and we've talked about it, have just kind of turned a blind eye on criminal activity in their communities. They feel helpless. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so when that's the case, it's the state who's then responsible to kind of step in and say, no, 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 no. You know, what you're doing, the decisions you're making are bad backwards, and they're hurting uh, other communities across the state. And so, uh, yeah, as a state representative, I will make sure that we are enforcing the law. Uh, the laws are stringent and that we're keeping our community safe. And I'm going to stand up for our law enforcement and stand up for our homeowners and our communities. Well, it's nice because we need somebody like that because right now with we already talked about the lack of support and everything, but with the lack of consequences that was, that I mentioned earlier, there's no reason for the criminal. They've gotten just totally out of hand, and it's getting younger and younger and younger. Kids are modeling after uh, the older groups, and the older groups are using the younger groups because they know they're not going to go to jail. Yeah. They know they're probably not even going to go take a trip down to juvenile. Back, I remember back when I policed, I took a lot of kids down to the Fulton County Juvenile Facility, yeah. Yeah. and they actually tried to help them out and deal with them. Yeah. There is not, I don't ever hear of anybody making that trip to Fulton County juvenile facilities anymore. They're just, they don't do that. No, and, and, and when we need early intervention, you know, one of the things I, you mentioned kind of my community service. Actually, I was appointed by the governor to serve on uh, the board of DBHDD, the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. And a lot of it does stem, unfortunately, from mental health issues, again, mm-hmm. that were created from some of these backward COVID policies over the last couple of years. And so, yeah, we've got to intervene. Uh, before a child or family goes sideways and, and, and goes that route. Uh, yeah, so that's some local issues. Unfortunately, we're seeing at a national level this sort of open border policy has led to drugs streaming across the border and, and into Georgia. Uh, we're seeing an increase in fentanyl deaths and uh, other things happening in our, in our state that are, you know, again, from broken national policies, which, you know, why why I'm running, and I think why a lot of us are running this cycle, is we've we've said enough is enough. We need good, sound conservatives to step up and lead. Uh, it's time for change. Well, and you just mentioned something that is, an, is a big problem, and that's the fentanyl coming in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with our open borders, now there again, open borders are supposed to be an, a national issue. Yeah. That's where the president has authority on the border. Yeah. But they're doing nothing. Luckily, we have some state governors out west that are saying we're going to take it. If we're elected, we're going to take it upon ourselves. If he won't solve this problem, we're going to. But, you know, every state is a border state now. So with Georgia, how 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 do you see it helping us or how do you see it developing in Georgia with reaction to the illegal immigrant type thing well I, I tell you my heart breaks you know i, I uh was knocking on doors yesterday met with a, a woman who came here from brazil she's been in our country now for 20 years absolutely loves america and uh she 
honestly believes we are the greatest country on this earth. And, and I agree with her. Well, she, you know? We are. Yeah. And, and she gets so infuriated when she sees folks who are doing it the wrong way. And she went through all the legal steps. And, and again, I, at a state level, obviously, we don't do immigration policy, but right. we can certainly advocate and, and, you know, raise our voices to those in D.C. representing us to say, hey, you've got to make the immigration process for those who want to do it the right way easier and make it harder for those who want to cheat and go around the, the you know, cheat and cut the line. So um, that is something I am certainly going to stand up and make sure my representatives in D.C. are well, well aware of. Well, awesome, because we've got to have something's got to be, something's got to happen. And nothing, literally nothing is happening now except wide open borders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been that way for uh, years now. And, and we've got yep. to we've got to address it because our communities are at stake. Yeah. Uh, with the fentanyl, we've got so many deaths right now yeah. with regards to fentanyl. There, there's just something. And I kind of like the idea of it being a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Because it's definitely mass destructing. It's sad. And it, it's it's our youth, you know, uh, who've, who've got such a bright future and, and they're suffering the consequences. Well, let me ask you this, and, you know, this should be uh, an interesting question. <laughs> um, how do you differ from your opponent, and why should voters select you? That's a great question. We, we've touched on a, a couple areas, but, again, going back to kind of the key three areas, the economy. Uh, I believe in small business. I believe in keeping our economy open. Unfortunately, my opponent voted against what's called the COVID liability shield, which protected small businesses from getting sued during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we differ dramatically on that. On education, I believe, again, that the parents ought to have choice in their child's education. Time and time again, my opponent has voted every time we've had an opportunity to that against parental rights, uh, forcing kids to be masked in schools. And then on public safety, I think this is the biggest differentiator. Every time there's been a bill to strengthen penalties on felons and criminals, she's voted no. Uh, and I think that's... I. I can't understand it. I can't explain it. Um, but again, it goes back to who are you going to stand for? Whose back do you have? And I have the back of you, the community. And so, uh, yeah, if a voter is kind of evaluating those metrics, I, I think the choice is easy uh, this November. And, and I would love to have uh, the folks in Gwinnett and the folks in Fulton to have their vote on November 8th. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with that stand and that vote and that, that direction of whether or not you're maintaining what your party itself promotes. Yeah. And right now, unfortunately, the Democrat Party promotes that type of a, approach to crime. You know, let's hug them instead of putting them in jail. Well, and I'll it tell you, working. too, I'll, I'll warn the voters, right? So Democrats aren't dumb. They, they uh, read the polls just like you and I do, and they know what the polls are telling them. And the polls are saying conservative policies work. And so... It's been fascinating for me to watch this election season. The chameleon change. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's election season because they're all bipartisan and we love the economy. And uh, We're yeah. all for stronger crime, stronger uh, penalties. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Well, where were you six months ago? So I would just implore voters out there, please do your homework. You know, records speak louder than words. And they have their record speaks absolutely opposite of what – they're campaigning on right now well one of the things i tell my audiences every time we talk on politics is it's absolutely important to vote but it is more important to go out and vote informed take a look at where you're not where your person is the your the candidates are talking at right now 
Go back a few months. Go back a year. Go back a little ways and see how were they talking at that point. What is their record coming up to this point? Because, no offense, but politicians will tell you just about damn near anything to get elected. I think everybody knows that. Yep. Sometimes what they tell you is actually what they believe, and I and I can hear you, and I, and I know enough about you and your background to know you're saying what you actually believe. Yeah. But I'm watching a lot of other politicians that are saying what they know people want to hear, and it's not the way they've been talking for the last year or two years or through their careers. Well, it goes back to the first question you asked me, you know, who is Scott? And for me, at the end of the day, I report to two folks, uh, well, three folks, really. It's God, my wife, and my constituents. And, you know, life is too short to look any of those folks in the eye and lie to them. Uh, And so that's not something I'm going to engage in. Uh, But you're right. There is no truth in advertising in in politics. And we're seeing that now. It's been used against me. You know, I've been called every name in the book. Uh, and that's fine. You know, that's part of stepping up to lead. Uh, it's like being a cop. Yeah. If I got mad every time I was called a bad name, it, yeah. I would stay mad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just unfortunate because, yeah, it sways voters uh, intentionally or, or tries to... Uh, tries uh, to fool them. Muddy the water and fool them. Yeah, yeah. They want you to believe one thing so that they get elected and not the other person. It's it's about retaining power, and yeah, it's all um, about record. Yeah, I, I care more about the people than the, than the power, and uh, I will always love on my community, do what's right, and, and stand up for them first. Well, it's just like a uh, little off the off the cuff here when we were talking before the show, and I said, "Well, is it going to be uh, audio or is it going to be on camera? How do I, you know? I want to dress appropriately." I said, "Just come as Scott Hilton." Yeah. And yeah. that's what yeah. I've seen here. It's just Scott Hilton yeah. came in and sat down, and we've had a conversation. And, you know, what do you what do you do for fun? You've got all this other stuff that you've done, but what do you do for fun <laughs> when you get outside of the politics, outside of attorney, uh, being a banker? Yeah. Gosh, and your wife's an attorney. Yeah. So, my God, you're, you got both sides bounding on you. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And this is one of my favorite interview questions to ask people because it really peels back and lets you know uh, more about the person. You know, we can sit and talk policy, but it's more fun to talk about, you know, what you, what you do for fun. You um, don't play pickleball, dude. <laughs> I love my pickleball. So that is a growing sport. Uh, I've gotten into pickleball the last couple of years. If you haven't tried it, check it out. It's awesome. Um, it will wear you out. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you one unique thing about me. I'll share this. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks know. I've uh, personally challenged myself to hike the highest point of every state. Um, so I'm currently at 38 uh, states that I've hiked the highest Have you been to point. Colorado yet? I've done Colorado. Yeah, Mount Albert. So, yep. yeah, that was high. That was fun. So. Yeah, it's hard to breathe out there, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Air's a little thin. Uh, but I'll tell you one of the neat things I did when I was serving the legislature, uh, I met a fellow uh, uh, colleague of mine who was a Democrat. And we actually did one of the trips together. Uh, we hiked the highest point in uh, Arizona and uh, in New Mexico, and it was a blast. And you know, what was the highest peak in New Mexico? Oh, you're quizzing me now. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh gosh, I'm gonna blank on this. I know. I have to Google I, I, here. I, I was just trying. I don't remember either. But uh, I lived in New Mexico for nine years. Oh, okay. And uh, we used to go out to Sandias a lot. Yep. And yeah, it's up near Taos. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's up near beautiful. Taos. It's up near the Pecos Wilderness. Yep. Wheeler Peak. No, it, uh, Wheeler Peak. That is. 
There he is. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, we used to go to Pecos Wilderness a lot. In fact, my dad's and my grandmother's ashes are up in Pecos wow. Wilderness. That's gorgeous. It's beautiful up there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what else you do for fun? You do you do, so you do pickleball and you I do pickleball, do the do hiking. hiking. As you mentioned, my wife is a, a small business owner, so she knows firsthand kind of what it's took to kind of stay open during COVID and all that. And then we've got three young kids, uh, 16, 13, 10. So They'll keep you busy. That'll keep you busy. A lot of it's following them around with their sports activities. Uh, so proud of them, and, and I, I'm their biggest champion. I, I just love them. So. I know you are. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been an absolutely awesome conversation uh, to find out a little bit more about you, a lot more than I knew. Yeah. And I thought I knew a pretty good bit about you. But how do voters get in touch with you or help you if they want to help or in any way before the election? How do they contact you, and how do they get learn more yes yes well I, I appreciate that i'll put my little uh, two second ad here uh you can i'm on all the social media channels everything is scott hilton just like the hotel uh scott hilton ga so if you go to facebook twitter instagram scott hilton ga uh that's also our website scott hilton ga and you're gonna think i'm crazy but i do this and i i gave everyone my cell phone number and uh i'll tell you Everyone's shocked when I pick up, but uh, they immediately say, you know what, I respect that, and you've got my vote. So uh, if you want to reach out to me, text, cell phone, uh, call me. It's 404-951-8902. Give me a shout. Would love to talk to you, get your opinion, uh, and see how I can serve you. So Scott Hilton, GA, again, would love, love, love to have your vote on November 8th. Would love to have you volunteer before then. We've got an army of folks out there waving signs, putting yard signs in, raising money, writing postcards. Running for office is one of the most humbling things you'll ever do. And I just love the team we've got, the momentum we built, and we're going to finish the drill on November 8th. It sounds fantastic. I know what you mean about the cell phone. Yeah. I surprised a lot of people because the owner of a company, my cell phone is right out there. That's right. My clients know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope your constituents know how to use they it. They do. Well, Scott, thank you very much. It's been a very enjoyable time sitting here talking to you. Rick, it's been an honor. Thank you so uh, much. And I appreciate it. Well, Will, uh, so let me get down here and thank you for joining us on Case in Point, uh, presented by Pres uh, Paradigm Security. I'll get my tongue twisted all around here, and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast. And anybody needing to rehear this or want somebody else to hear it, it's going to be uh, out there here very shortly. Uh, thank you for joining us on the broadcast. Uh, be here every Wednesday at 1130 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you missed the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime by visiting Business Radio X, selecting Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Case in Point. The program is also available on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify Radio, and just any podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button in case in point so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And for my guest, Scott Hilton, and our producer, Mike, remember, I am Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>